Awesome, awesome, great news. It's so good, great to see Jasmine just freshly baptized on Saturday. Already getting up there and just sharing your heart. That's giving, that's amazing. Because you know when you share good news, it really is, hope. It's, it, it's showing your gratitude to God, but it encourages one another. And that's why the gospel, that's why Jesus says, believe the good news. But sharing with one another, it's always so beautiful in Orlando. And, and sometimes, like today, we for time, it's like we have to put a stop on it. I wish we didn't because, you know, who should be the most grateful people on the planet? Christians, yeah. right? And Earl, that scripture was great. Jesus is going to come back in the same way. Amen. Unbelievable. We're saved. We're right. No matter what goes on in this life. It's all, you know, no matter what, you are good with God, and you got to go 10,000 years from now, where will I be? That's a great thought, isn't it? Because you're going to be somewhere. You're either going to be with Jesus and God Almighty, our Father, or you're not going to be with him, but you will be living forever. So it's so amazing that we know we're saved in Christ, isn't it? Never, ever lose sight of that. Keep that deep in your heart. Refresh yourself every day when you go to God and thank him for your salvation. Amen? Amen. So it's Christmas season, so I'm going to give you guys a little Christmas present. And it's in the form of a lesson. Turn your Bibles to Acts 20. And, uh, you know, of course, that's one of the greatest things I always assess my heart on. Am I grateful? And there's times where I have to get grateful. And you guys can relate to me, right, at times? And it's like, you know, you know Jesus died for you, but it's like, what's wrong? And you got to be honest and real, and you got to get back there. And that's why, you know, God understands that too. But you get back there, right? And then a lot of times if you can't get grateful, you need to talk to someone because a lot of times sin steals your joy. And it's good for someone to help you process and just get your heart right because we – we all are in the grace. We just need to understand the grace when we're in sin. They help yeah. us repent, right? Yeah. And, and the deceitfulness of sin, sometimes we don't even know we're in sin, and we're in sin. Isn't that scary? Yeah. And God's grace is there, and that's why talking to each other helps us draw out what's in our hearts, and we can see, oh, wow, I need to, God, please forgive me on that, and the joy comes back. Yeah. So this present to you guys and myself is a Bible study on unfaithfulness. Not faithfulness. Why? Well, the holidays is sometimes people go go away for vacation, which is great. Or campus students go back if they're not living here and visit their families. I need to make sure you all are aware that Jesus died for your sins. But to be have faithfulness is to stay faithful to God. You said Jesus is Lord. Yeah. It's in an essence a commitment that you decided as a marriage. Just when a couple says, I do, do you, do you take this bride or this man or woman to be your lawfully wedded husband or wife, good times, bad times, sickness, health, whatever, till death do you part? Well, God's not going to mess up. God, like I said on Sunday, allows or causes even trials, right? And remember I said, hopefully you can look in faith and see in the pain of a trial that God's not trying to hurt you. But in the pain of that trial, it's an opportunity for great joy. Maybe not at the moment, but the faith knowing if you stay obedient in that, even though you may not understand, you're going to come through it in hindsight and go, wow, I just learned. I see what you were doing, God. 
or I understand because he brings something out. And then you look, God never wastes pain for nothing. It's always to help get you stronger in faith. Amen? Amen. So here's a study on faithfulness. You know, this topic on unfaithfulness, we're going to look at what it is, how it happens, and what can be done to prevent it. So look in Acts 20, verse 20, and here's Paul saying something so powerful because he's leaving the disciples here and moving on, but this is the way we need to feel about each other, and and I know we do. In verse 20, you know that I've not hesitated to preach anything that would that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I I declare to you today that I'm innocent of the blood of any of you, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourself and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of God's, of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you, night and day with tears. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. This is powerful because you can go, wow, that's radical, but that's no different than really guarding our salvation. Paul was a leader in the church. You could say he was the evangelist of the church. He was moving on in the mission, and he'd he'd raise up and start a church just like we all are raising up, right? Because our mission's not just Orlando. We're part of God's movement. He looks down from heaven. His movement is disciples all around the world reaching to people. But he says, you know, don't be scared, but he says be focused. Stay faithful, Lord Jesus. You stay in Christ, nothing can touch you but we can drift. So let's look at uh, what is unfaithfulness. It means to abandon your relationship with Jesus. Look in John 15, verse 5, because you might not think of that, but you got to really think of what, when you become unfaithful, you're abandoning your relationship with Jesus, not the church, with Jesus. Now, when you abandon your relationship with Jesus, who is the head of the church, well, the obedience of committing and being devoted by God in the spirit led together as the body of Christ, well, of course you're going to leave the church. But it's all about God. You stay tight with God, you're going to obey and be in the will of God, which is be part of his kingdom, which is the church on earth. And if you look in verse 5, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up 
thrown into the fire and burned. So we see here that being unfaithful means to abandon your relationship with Jesus and you forfeit your own salvation. Jesus died. You're saved by grace, but it's a relationship. Yeah. It's not just a tap or a stamp, a vaccine. Yeah. It's a walking, living relationship with, with God. And we talked about really we live by faith, yes. not by sight, yeah. Sunday. And it's, it's being moved by the love of God. Yes. Okay? Uh, a disciple can become unfaithful. Uh, as a good church member, look look in uh, Galatians 5, verse 2. You guys with me? And I say this not to warn you, but to be on your guard like Paul, to be aware that nothing can touch you if you're obedient to God and you're open with one. Or you can get weak. You can be in sin. But don't pull back and drift. God is grace is strong, but if you're not willing to be to be able to be helped by God and be willing to give your heart and be honest and humble and go, I'm struggling. Yeah. You can't get help yeah. because you've decided on your own. I don't want to give anybody my heart. Yeah. And, 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 and relationships in the kingdom will save your life. God yes. will do the work, but we love each other, right? On, Let's look in Galatians 5, verse uh, 2. Awesome. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. What am I saying? Well, you don't want to be a good church member legalistic. He's even saying, listen, guys, if you're going by the law, that was the, that was the old covenant. The, they were walking with God. God is the same God. But what happened is they started adding rules and adding to the Old Testament where it, where it was like legalistic obedience, and they were so focused, like, did you do this? What did you do? And it was legalistic. Their heart wasn't with God anymore. Yeah. So we're saying that you can be in the church and drift away. Yeah. You know, a lot of times you fa people fall away by physically still being here, and eventually, but, but you can get institutionalized. Yeah. you got to realize, like, when we're singing God, Charles and, uh, and company do such a good job. Yeah leading our worship do they not let it rise i mean i just was like wow hearing everybody sing i was just like oh that's the spirit of the lord i was like that's i was just like being moved by god singing and i was so encouraged to hear all the brothers and sisters singing together to god to one another and to god right and that's what that means we're here not as a meeting we're here meeting with jesus as the head and worshiping god and loving each other don't you feel awesome connected to god so we want to be careful with that, right? There are three specific areas of life to be concerned about. Personal righteousness. Let's look at the personal conduct that really says guard your heart. That's away from God because you're walking with God. Let's look in 1 Corinthians 9, 27. So we want to be concerned about personal conduct, personal righteousness. Not because we have to, because Jesus died for us. Why do you do what you do? Answer that question over and over, why am I doing this? Because Jesus died for me. Yeah. Not because you have to. Yeah. Amen. Uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 27. Now I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Amen. Here Paul's saying, you know, run the race, right? He says run in such a way to get the prize. It's about walking with God, being open, being repentant, being faithful, uh, uh, really wanting God to help you. And, and there's going to be times where you're not going to feel good spiritually. Right. That's not about what grace is. You're still going to, you just got to be willing. And remember when we say 
Remember when Jesus said, come follow me, deny yourself, carry your cross daily? Remember when we teach that? When he says deny yourself, no one naturally is going to feel like denying themselves, right? It's by faith and believing and obeying God even when you don't feel like it. Many times, like, I'm excited to come. But there's times where you may think, wow, that sounds crazy. But there may be time in your walk where you're like, that's where you got to go, no. I know this is of God, so I'm going to go because I know I need to be there. When you don't feel like being there is when you probably need to be there the most. I've taught myself that, and I cannot tell you how many times when there have been tough times over 29 years, I obey God's word because I believe no matter what I'm feeling, if I'm obedient, I am moved. And I I go, thank you. No one walks away from the gym after working out going, I wish I didn't work out. I wish I didn't do that. Right? But sometimes getting to the gym or doing your exercise or doing something, you're like, you can put it off, you can put it off, you can put it off. But when you deny yourself and go and do something that you know is good for you and you do it, you feel good. Yes. Studying, perhaps, on finals. Oh. oh, I need to study. I don't feel like studying. But you go and you carve out and you go to your little pl- favorite spot where you know it's quiet and no one's going to distract you. And you put in that two, three hours. Yes. You don't walk away from going, I wish I didn't study. Yeah, right? <laughs> Same thing with denying yourself, carrying your cross, and following Jesus is do what the Bible says. Obey, trust and obey, regardless of your feelings when you know what the word, when you know it's God's will. And you're always going to be, God's going to always encourage you, and you're going to walk away, and you're going to go, I needed to be here. I'm, I, God opened my heart again. Amen. Amen. Amen? Personal righteousness. Paul says, hey, I'm preaching the word, man, but I need to make sure I stay right so I don't disqualify myself, right? We're not going to be uh, hypocrites. We're not going to be... Uh, you know, don't do what I, uh, I don't do as I, don't do as I do, but do as I say. That's not what we do, right? We walk the tra- talk, say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. A sincere heart means you keep your conscience clear. So we talked about personal contact, conduct. Let's talk about a clear conscience. Look at 1 Timothy 1, 5. And I'm so grateful I can go to God and go, forgive me, God. Because I want my, I'm glad when my conscience gets disturbed because I realize, God, please forgive me. Yeah. And it's clear again. No regret. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And you can talk to someone and it's like God says you're forgiven. You just need to be humble. Yeah. And, and, and God knows a true disciple wants to change. They don't want to get all tied up in sin, but no. we do. Look in 1 Timothy no. in verse uh, 1, verse 5. Yeah, chapter 1, verse 5. Ready? Yeah. The goal of this command is love which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and sincere faith. Some have departed from these and have turned to meaningless talk. See, the goal is command of love. And, you know, loving to love like Jesus, we're on our way, but you need to love and be in touch with the cross because it moves you and only God can help you grow in that love that God calls us to be like Jesus. We can't obtain it by ourselves. we got to go, God, help me. Yeah. And then you give your effort in love, not because you have to, because you get to, right? Yeah. So that, 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 that's my conscience is clear, which, you know, the goal of this is loving God and being in God's love and keep your heart soft and keep your heart pure. Yeah. And our hearts aren't pure. Let's just be real. By nature, we're going to have negative thoughts, impure thoughts that run through them. Even if we don't want to, we got to capture them and go, God, help me. Yeah. It's not be guilt-ridden, but keep fighting the good fight, asking God in your quiet times, then you will naturally start to hate what God hates more and love what God loves. Doesn't have to hate people, it's hate sin. And and, and love 
righteousness. And God will help you be aware like a, a car that gets out of alignment. You never had a car that's out of alignment, the wheel? Yeah. You go over a curved yard, you got to get it, and they put it back in alignment, and then it rides smooth. You can ride with a pinky. <laughs> Amen? With your pinky ring. How you doing? All right, so. All right, so that, the sincere heart, right? Let's look, at, uh, let's look at something else. Let's look at materialism. Now, there's nothing wrong with stuff, right? But you can't let the stuff slide in slowly and become more powerful. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 6. Now, there's nothing wrong with materials. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with having your, uh, your whatever you want to call it, your swag, your style, your look, whatever. But don't make it, don't make it, don't make it what, like, make it like this is what I wear, but this isn't who I am because I wear it. Look in, uh, look in, look in verse 10. 1 Timothy 6, verse 10. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. You may not think so. A lot of people don't think so. But later on, they don't realize, and even if they don't know the Bible, they're, they're pierced. They're struggling. Even if they obtain money and success without God, they're pierced. They're stressed. They're anxious. They're trying to keep what they got. They're running in a rat race. It's never enough. It's miserable without God. Don't be pierced. Don't pierce your heart with griefs. Be grateful for what you have. Nothing wrong with going for goals. You know, Jamba, he's got that bling, but he's a spiritual man. Where is he? Where is Jamba? He wears a, look at that, he wears a track suit. Man, I, 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 now you, I, have, a new I have a new track suit. Now I can't wear it. Chaz saw it. He wanted it. But I can't wear it the same day you do because you're just, you're just too good looking. But you're humble. And he loves God, does he not? Yeah. The next topic I want to talk about is not falling into unfaithfulness, is when you fall on hard times. Look at Luke chapter 8, will you please? See, this is a prep of almost like you could look at it now that you're a disciple, now what? We talk about after studies. Well, these are some of the things you need to be going after as a disciple. You're saved. You're in Christ. Your sins are forgiven. You receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. God is with you, always. Yeah to the very end of the age. Now, here we are, and we need to be aware of these things. That's why Paul said, hey, disciples, be on your guard. Yes. You're saved, but be on your guard. Look in, yes. verse, look in verse 13, the parable of the soil. Hard times, Luke chapter 8, verse 13. Those on rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in time of testing, they fall away. Think about young Christians. Jasmine, you're awesome. You just got up here, and I'm not even saying this is about you, but you just became a disciple. You are so inspiring. Your joy, your purity of heart, you're saved. You're excited, and you're going to keep that. But the Bible says, hey, when you receive the word with joy, you hear it, you study the Bible, it's a short time, you get excited because yes. you're going to get saved and you go, I want to follow God and I want to repent. But if you don't get that root, and that root means getting, being with God in time and digging deeper and yes. with the scriptures, you're going to be pulled out like a little teeny baby plant. Yeah. And you believe for a while, I'm fired up, and then you know, after you're saved, you still have challenges, right? When, remember when you guys were Christians? I mean, not when. <laughs> Remember the good old days? 
Remember the good old days? This is one of those groups for people that have fallen away. It's the bitterness group. Remember when you weren't bitter? No, but you remember when you first became a disciple and you hit your first challenges. You're fired up. Everybody's around you, loving you. You're studying. God's moving you. And you're a disciple. And then life's going on. And then something happens in life. Or someone hurts your feelings. And then it's the first time you have to realize, wait a minute, this isn't, God's still with me. This is challenges. You lose your job. It's not fun. I want to commend Chaz. He's, he's, uh, he, he was laid off, and he's now fired up, but he still has moments like anyone would be of fear and anxiousness. That's yeah. normal, and if you've d- gone through that like I have or others, you just encourage him. and go, stay faithful. I don't know what God's going to do, but I know he's faithful. Yeah. And in verse 13, you see this? Let's read it again. Those on rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in a time of testing, they fall away. That's why we need each other. That's why, you know, I was so grateful, Jasmine. I'm so inspired by you. You even shared, like, I'm so grateful for my disciple, India. She gets it. She understands. She's understanding that that you're going to imitate her, and then you're going to be able to be that for somebody else. Because God believes in all of us. But the fact that you already realize, I'm so grateful for these young women that have already uh, that are a little bit ahead of me growing in the Lord, I, I, I'm going to learn and I want to stay close to them. Yes. That's what we teach each other, right, Neil? Come on, Neil, you young, fired up disciple. All right, so what are some other hard times? What about changes in leadership or discipleship? Let's look at 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17. You know, I, one time I had, uh, there was a guy that had, they were changing a discipleship partner. They don't, they don't tell you that, but they said we need to change this. This was a leader in a church, and, we, and the church leader. And, you know, it's great to have relationships, is it not? Yeah. When you have those disciple relationships, you're grateful for each other. But you also realize that as we grow, the needs meet. And sometimes you can't just go, I need to stay here for me. You want to evolve. And like anybody that I've discipled or been discipled by in the churches I've all been in, I never lose their friendship. It's not like, oh, I'm not discipling you anymore. You don't, you're, are you really friends? Yeah. You're friends. You have a, you have a connection. Amen. And in chapter 2, verse 17, you, uh, the guy I was talking to, uh, he was like, I'm not good at changing relationships. And Kip said, Kip McKean was talking to me. He goes, bro, this is how Kip McKean goes, bro. <laughs> He's very concerning, and he really is a gentle man, but he's powerful. He goes, bro, I need you to get good at changing relationships. Isn't that really awesome? He's like, I need you to get good at it now. I know you're not good at it. I need you to get good at it for the sake of the gospel. We need to grow. We need to change. And and think about others, not just you need this. You're going to give your heart like this person gave the heart to you, and that's what we're going to do. And it's not like, you know what I mean? And that's what we need to do. So if you look at at verse... uh, uh, chapter 2, verse 17, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17. But brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. For we wanted to come to you, certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. For what is our hope, our joy, or our 
the crown in which we glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes. Is it not you? Indeed, you are glory. You are our glory and our joy. Um, look at chapter 3 and continue with me. So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker, in God's service and spreading the gospel of Christ to strengthen and encourage you in your faith so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. For you know quite well that we are destined for them. Trials, right? Challenges, the battle. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted. And it turned out that way as well as you well know. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith, inquired, being in touch, being in there with each other, right? Yes. I was afraid that in some way the tempter, Satan, I have that highlighted, the tempter yeah. had tempted you and that our labors might be in vain. Wow. But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news. Earl shared, but we had good news. And brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now, we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. Aren't you really encouraged when your brothers and sisters do well? I get more encouragement about that than me. I'm like, man, I just love yeah. to see Nancy smiling like a shining star. I love to know Chaz is happy and Amy feels like she'd want to be nowhere else except married to him. Look in verse 9. Verse 9. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. See, changes in leadership and persecution and or can hurt us. And we do teach, in fact, every one of you in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. When you're a true disciple, even if you believed in Jesus growing up, when you really become right with God, even people that 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 believe in Jesus start to persecute sometimes. We don't mean they don't but you just got to realize that's a truth so you don't feel like you're out there. Yes. But also also relationships. We got to make sure that we keep God first and we really go God we have God but then we really cherish every friendship. And you don't get set on that friendship where it's going to hurt you. You want to go, what am I helping someone with? Not what am I getting? What am I giving? Amen? Amen. So what about people in the church? They possibly may hurt you. Really? This is God's kingdom. Yeah, full of forgiven sinners that still possibly will sin. Let's look at this scripture. We're all saved sinners together in a boat. But we still possibly can sin and hurt each other. Look at Romans 14. You guys with me? Yeah. And I'm not saying we make every effort not to do that, but that can happen, right? Who's, who's not had a dispute or something that has been said, and you have to, sometimes you've even been helped or you've helped two people sit down and resolve an attitude. Yeah. 
or, or, or challenges, right? And once you get through it, you realize that's probably going to be one of your best friends forever. Because yeah. Satan's trying to stop special relationships. Right, India and Mo, how you doing? <laughs> Which, are, which, which they're amazing. I say that because I got to participate and see the incredible humility and see who they are now. Amen? Fourteen, fifteen. Fourteen, fifteen. Romans 14, verse 15. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not, by your eating, destroy someone for whom Christ died. Um, you see here that you might hurt someone's feelings. You can take this as the heart of this. Yeah. You don't do something, you can do, everything's permissible, so it's like, I can do that. But if you know something, you, you, you want to speak in a way that'll benefit others. Yeah. So it's not like, you can go, I do what I want, that's their problem. No, you're striving to be gentle and considerate and building relationships up, yeah. amen? Yeah. And if someone does hurt you, we know we ask for forgiveness, right? Yeah. Hey, Ryan, you enjoying yourself? You doing, is that a martial? She's doing her martial art workout. She's doing her kicks against the wall while I'm preaching. That's hurting my feelings. No, I'm just kidding. Singles. Well, let's look at 2 Corinthians 6.14. And what is the theme? We're talking about what can get us to be unfaithful. We talked about personal being unrighteous. We got to be righteous. Yeah. And we talked about hard times can fall on us. And then you can be in the church and you can get disillusioned by maybe not dating and not having a boy or girlfriend in the way that you maybe thought, or you're seeing everybody else, you're thinking this way, like, wow, we want to encourage our next dating couple. And eventually you're like, I don't want to hear that again. I'm not saying it, but I'm just trying to help you understand, don't focus on that. Amen. That means you become entitled. God says, I died for you. That's enough. And then you just love God. If you start focusing and wanting it too bad, it's going to be an idol anyway, so he's not going to give it to you. Let's look in 614. 2 Corinthians 614, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? What fellowship can light have with darkness? We know light and darkness. We know if you don't see that relationship and you get tempted to find somebody who says they love God but they're not disciples, you're going to get entangled. And eventually you're going to get away from your doctrine and it's going to hurt you. And it could, it could, be, it could seal your fate because really who you marry, you know, in the kingdom, if you're a disciple, you got to do that. And then we got to lift up the spouses that have unchristian spouses. God's made them extra strong, and we know they're going to become Amen. disciples, God willing, someday. But as you know what you're knowing and you have the truth, obey it. Amen. And trust God and, and only date and only get involved emotionally, giving your heart to other brothers and sisters. That's why I'm telling you, even in the Orlando Church, singles, there's nothing wrong with planning conferences. Planning and going around the movements of, look at the different movements, I mean, look at the different conferences we have in our movement. Not going just for that, but there's nothing wrong with going and encouraging churches and reaching out and having encouragement dates and meetings. Yeah. And praying to God, like, God, someday your will, I'd like to be married. Amen. But it's according to you. Yes. And then, but then you got to go, like a lottery. If you don't play, you can't win. you got to get out there. But you have faith, right? Amen. 
All right. Let's go. Let's look at another topic. You guys with me? Yes. Relationship with God. That's why we're here, right? That's why you study the Bible. Uh, look in Matthew 10, 33. All right, I need to keep you guys waking up. So I'm going to have India come up here and read 10:33 loud. And I'm going to call on different people. Go ahead, you can read it loud there. 10:33, Matthew 10:33. We're talking about our relationship with God now. How is it going? All right, well, this is Jesus saying, I'll disown you, you disown me. Trust goes two ways. Now, God's graceful and patient. I wouldn't advise falling away, but God doesn't mean you, that God's still not calling for you like the, prod, like the father in heaven. I mean, the father and the prodigal son going, where's my son? Yeah. And anybody who has fallen away and God, God thank God they've come back, Amen. they'll tell you, don't do it. Because yes. they went in and God... But what I'm trying to say here is your relationship with God is important. Turning from God can kill you. Jesus says, whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. So we need to be lights in the world. You can't just, you know, before I studied the Bible and became a disciple, I believed in God. I believed in Jesus. But my relationship was so personal, no one else knew about it, which is wrong. Just me and God. I don't talk about that. That's personal. No, that's the exact opposite, right? When you're a disciple, you're the light of the world. Yeah. Don't act like you know God. Don't be afraid to talk about your relationship with God to others. Or, you know, you're not going to be afraid to stand up. Amen? Amen? Let's talk about turning from God. Look at Hebrews 3.12. Well, you could say, why would I turn from God? Like, I'm sure Neil or the younger disciples, and any of us are doing well, but I know when I first became a disciple... I heard about someone struggling eventually, and I was like, and then I heard, like, what's fall away? And then I realized there was somebody that fell away. I became a disciple in 93, and I remember shortly, you know, I was coming to church, and then I heard someone's falling away, and I was like, I didn't pay attention. What's that mean? And then they explained they're not doing well with the Lord. And I go, why would anyone want to leave this? And I wasn't saying it self-righteously. It just, as a young Christian, I was so filled with joy. Yeah. I was like, why would anybody struggle? Yeah. Yeah. And I sounded, you know, zeal without knowledge. But then I realized as life, look at this scripture. In verse uh, 3.12. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate it. I need all the help I can get. <laughs> Hebrews 3.12. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful heart, sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Now, let's just talk about that. See to it, brothers and sisters. So is it the person who's in sin and has the sinful heart that needs to go and get help? Or is it the one that's doing well that, that observes it that goes and helps the sinful heart? Yeah, the one who observes it. See, it's a see to it, brothers and sisters. So see to it that none of you. So when you're righteous, you're your brother's keeper in love. You're not a policeman, but how are you doing? How are you doing, bro? How are you doing? I can look out here now, and I can't read minds, but I can see some people may be tired. That's fine. You came in right here. But, but that tired look, maybe some people are struggling. That's fine. It's, a, it's understandable. Yeah. Don't stay there if you're struggling. On, Don't walk out of here tonight if you're struggling or having double-minded thoughts or in the middle of things. Because even though you attended, your own mind and your deception will take you out. Yeah. Talk. I'm here. I'm struggling. Be honest. Yeah. I'm struggling. Why? This is why. And you draw out, and no one's going to judge you. Yeah. Wow, bro. Thanks for being open, sis. Thanks for being open. Well, 
you know, I want to encourage you for being here. You always, and then you say, let's just talk. I mean, you know what the Bible says. You know what I mean? We want to help them because you've been helped. But you know what's really scary is how in the world when you get right with God and know this should be scary if you don't guard your heart, the wellspring of your life, and be a faithful disciple, your heart can turn unbelieving. And right now that's hard to believe. But it can. And you know what's really scary? I've seen it happen to people that were greater than me faithfully. And I'd like, and it, it, it disillusioned me for a little while when I was a young Christian. I'd wait a minute, this dude did everything in my life. What? He's unrecognizable. Now what happened? And I realized this can happen to me if I don't stay focused. God, you know, with nothing can separate you except you. That's the thing. God says, I'm going to pull you back. Even if you don't do well, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. But eventually, you got to be willing to get help and be and do what you said you're going to do, Jesus Lord, and get help. Does that make sense? False religion. Look at 2 Timothy 4. That can pull you out. Well, we already know the doctrine. Well, you're around people. Sentiment, I, I really believe sentimentality can be the kiss of death. What do I mean? Sentimentality is you're caught up with people that you love in relationships, family. Possibly you know you became a disciple and now you've been observing and you're not judging them, but you're understanding they're in the wrong doctrine. They're not in the truth. That can be painful. But if you're not careful, you're not responsible to change them. You've got to pray for wisdom. You've got to share first person why you did what you did because you studied the Bible and saw truth. And I realized, wow, what I was doing is wrong. You, go, you always bring it about you in the Bible. But they may not go for it. They may persecute you. So let's look at this real quick because I've seen people that are strong eventually and they get beat down and they just ravel back into a sentimentality of not wanting to have, you're not trying to fight, but having the persecution and you just go along with the program. I know disciples that were sold out that now go to churches that say, that believe Jesus, pray Jesus in your heart, that actually don't believe baptism needs to be saved. And they just, they're not, they're not living their life like that anymore. They just assimilated back into yeah. the easy life and really not living, not, not recognizable as a disciple, but being religious. Right. And they're deceived. And let's look at, let's look at that. Let's look at uh, the draw of false religion, 2 Timothy 4.3. And it's a draw because you can get pulled back in and you may know many people that, that it's a draw because it sounds good. And the Bible says, hey, this can happen. And, 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 and Satan's trying to get to heaven. Look in 2 Timothy 4 verse 3. For the time will come when, men, when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Now, when they say a time will come they don't want to put up with sound doctrine, instead, they'll, they, they, to suit their own desire means you're going to find a form of godliness which isn't right with God to fit you not to fit into God's way you want you want to fit God into your way and still believe you're in the truth see that it says it says to suit their own desires I have that part underlined I like to do scripture and I got to suit their own desires Sometimes we don't even realize we don't want to obey or someone starts to struggle or leave. It's not, le you're not leaving, I'm not leaving God, I'm leaving this church. You're not doing that. You're not wanting to obey the scriptures as a disciple of Jesus. That's what you're really saying, but you're deceived. Because there's so many people out there that say, come on in. You're, yeah, they don't know the Bible. And the word of God is the only way to have an anchor. You guys with me? So that can be crazy. Now, coming in for a landing. By the way, did I mention free bowling? How you doing? 
After we look at a few scriptures, Parker's going to come up here, and he's going to ask anybody who wants to play. We're going to do teams of four, but he wants you to come up here so he can go down and set the teams, and you'll have a full hour of bowling if you want. Amen? So uh, let's, let's look at the last scripture. Let's look at the role of Satan. Oh, yeah, he's involved. He likes to be involved in everything he can. He's actually sold out, by the way. He's sold out the wrong way, but he wants to participate if you let him. See, if you let him, he can't get in, but he's always a willing to go, I, I want to be involved. Yeah. Let me involved. Come on, let me in. And if you look in uh, Revelations 12, verse 9. Revelations 12, verse 9, the great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. Come on. That's the whole role of Satan, to lead you and me astray, subtly. Make you believe you're still right with God, but you're not. Make you believe you're right with God, but in willful sin, but it's okay because no one really calls it out. See, God's nature cannot change. You've got to be willing to admit and bring the sin before the blood of Jesus. You can't subtly go, it's okay, because you're suiting your own desire, and now you're not repentant, but you just realize it's okay. That's in trouble. You've just been led astray, not even understanding you're astray. Yeah. Scary, right? Yeah. First Peter 5, 8. First Peter 5, 8. Be alert and sober. Now, why would the Bible say that if you didn't really need to be that way? You know, it's not a throw. It's like, it's like, Peter, you're being exaggerated. I know the spirit of God carried you along, but that's a little overdone, God. Really? No, that's what you really got to look at. Be alert and of sober mind. Why? Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. What does it say? This is your part about being faithful, not unfaithful. Resist him. That's your part. See that? Resist him. You have a part, which you should be excited. You're saved by grace on your best day, but God says, I want you to be willingly participating in my relationship. You have a choice. You have free will all the way out. Resist him. Standing firm in, in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. You see that? How are you doing today, church? And, you know, I'm not trying to put him in a spot, but just think rhetorically. Are you, are you struggling? Well, that's understandable because guess what? Everyone's going to. And it may not be the devil this time. It may just be you're, you're not staying close to God or you need to talk with someone and you need to be encouraged because just this season of life, there's some you know, hardship going on. Yeah. We need encouragement. God's going to bring you through. Yeah. See, when you realize God promises food, clothing, and shelter, that's all you need. Yeah. We always look away above that. And you think about it, food, basic clothing, and shelter. Think about how much more you've been blessed. And you can have a lot of food, a lot of clothing, a lot of shelter, but if you don't keep your house neat, it's a nightmare. See, cleanliness with just the basic needs is awesome. But even if you have a lot of needs and it's all messy and the toilet's dirty and everything's not clean, I don't care if you're a millionaire. I don't want to be there. I want cleanliness, right? So, see, we are already been blessed so much more than just the basic needs because you have salvation. Because God's a generous God. But the devil is trying to rock your boat. And I told you the stats in one of my sermons a few Sundays ago about the power, that's why he's a, 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 I mean a, a physical lion because we could even look at that humanistically and go, oh my gosh, I mean, it would just rip you to shreds. Right. 
Remember I said I think like 14 Afonsos could not even do damage to it. A lion, 14 Afonsos going in the cage, take that thing down and tie it up. They can't do it, it ripped 14 Afonsos to, to pieces. And his arms are as big as the oak tree trunks out back. Self-assessment. This is where we're coming in. What do you need to do regularly? Well, when you go to the doctor, you trust them, but they do a blood test and run to the lab and come back and say, you're in pre-diabetic land. You need to stop eating those sweets, big boy. Or young, right? Pre-diabetic is you have a choice to change it. You know what I mean? Pre-diabetic means you're not diabetic yet, but they're telling you the way you're eating, you better stop. You, need you, can, you can resist and change. Just like with God, and that's what he's saying here. So if you do a self-assessment, like an annual physical, you should do that in your quiet times. God doesn't want to judge you in a wrong, negative way, but he says, you know, let the word of God judge your heart. Why? God wants to help you know what he, he already knows you're in sin. He's trying to help you reveal it so you can be strong in the blood of Jesus and go, I love you. See, the nature of God cannot be in the presence of unforgiven sin, but he wants to help you even see the sin. You just need to do your part to go, thank you, God, I'm sorry, let me change this. Amen. And if you look in uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 12, says, we, know, we need to always help uh, with, the, with God's word to do self-assessment to help the sin that we may not be aware of and keep our hearts soft, humble, and like Jesus. In uh, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12, it says, so if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Isn't that incredible? It is important to be aware of the risks in your life. Everybody has different temptations. you got to get aware of what is good for me and what is not good for me. It's not legalistic. you got to go, what kind of sinful past were you in? And you go, you don't have to go, it's a rule. Legalist, you go, is this best for me? Yeah. Or is this, is this going to help me spiritually or is this not going to help me spiritually? You know, just like when you watch programs or listen to music. No, no one's going to be on your guard every second, but you got to go, is this helping my mind? Is this helping me spiritually, or is it building like negativity and stuff in me that's going to make me struggle? That's maturity in Christ. You're realizing, no, I, this isn't helping me. It's not like a legalistic thing. You start to grow. See what I'm saying? What are the risks? What are the things you know, even know your nature, what can, what can hurt you, what's not good for you? Isolation, sometimes you know you're not doing well, or you, you, you start to pull back. you got to go against that and go, that hurts me, and that's why you want to get a close relationship where you go, I'm not doing well. Help me. I'm not doing well. And I love how Paula shared. She chased down with Marie. Marie's an amazing disciple, isn't she? Marie shared this, so I hope you don't make me share it. She's an incredible administrator. She's a deacon. She does so much behind the scenes to make sure that we're above board and God, we're, and she is the steward of all our amazing giving to advance the kingdom. Thank you so much. But she's matured in so many ways. When she was a baby Christian, how long have you known Paula? Paula just went to Paris. 25 years. And she was sharing about how she was grateful for Paula in her, in her beginning years as a Christian where she'd struggle sometimes and wouldn't answer the phone. Paula's tenacious, isn't she? She'd go over and bang on the door unannounced and go, I'm not leaving till you open. I know you're in there. Why? Because they already had a connection. Even though she didn't want to hear it, Paula loved her so much. Let's talk. They'd, and I'm sure finally when you opened the door, you looked at her like, and then she came in. You know what I mean? But that's the heart we want to have for each other. 
because look at she's still here today and she's grateful that happened even at the time you're like oh my gosh go away that's because our nature sometimes won't do well so do self-assessments the warning not to fall away you could you know look in uh, Luke 14 28 this is when Jesus talks about discipleship but he's really warning all of us to pay attention and in verse 28, he says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you. Okay, so saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Talking about your life. Become a disciple. Count the cost. Are you going to finish? Or are you going to let people ridicule you? And are you going to not be willing to take on the whole will of God in your life to be a disciple? The good, the bad, the challenging, the persecution, but knowing that Jesus is with you always to the very end of the age. Ridicule by those who see you quit can hurt you because they want to ridicule you. People that aren't disciples they were waiting to ridicule you'll be worse off at the beginning if you leave if you aren't don't stay faithful at the end look at second peter this is a prophecy you need to show people that fall away in love but this is true and you need to look at it for yourself number one because this is true this is a fact if you've second peter 2 20 if, if they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and are again entangled in it and are overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to know the ray of righteousness than to have known it and then turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of them, the Proverbs are true. A dog returns to its vomit. And a sow that is washed returns to wallowing in the mud. See, you got to understand, you get so deceived if you don't listen to the promptings of God to repent that a dog actually eats its vomit. And a sow is, in, is, is loves being in the mud. So you go, whoa, well, if someone falls away long enough and resists the promptings of God, they'll be turned over where it'll be natural for you to be in your vomit and it'll be natural for you to be in the mud of life. You won't even see it, but you'll be miserable. Because if you walk from God and stay walking, you're resisting and blaspheming the Holy Spirit because God knows that you know, that he knows that he deposited in you when you made Jesus, and he's trying to call you out. And now you're blaspheming it because you can't even say you didn't know. You did know it because you knew the way of our Lord Jesus Christ. That means you made Jesus Lord. That's a true disciple. Yeah. And then you got entangled in sin. You weren't open, and you got overcome. And now you're worse off, and you don't even realize it. People that fall away, sometimes they get their hearts so hard, they act like they don't even care. You invite them to church, they're like, they, they, you know, it's like they, they, they don't, not, you can't take that personal, yeah. but take that fearful and go, that could happen to you. Yeah. Or me, but it can't if you just do the basic one-on-ones of obedience and love God and realize God loves you so much. You don't have to be freaked out. Just love God. Yeah. Love God and understand what's that mean to love God. Amen? Yeah. So closing out. The self-assessment, last scripture, Hebrews 10, 26. Parker, get ready. And it's always good to have that awareness. You have to have that 
a, a, a self-controlled and alert, right? That's like, you do need to be aware. I told Cassidy, and she sends her love to everybody. She'll be coming back in a couple weeks for Christmas, so she'll be great to see her. But when she first went to Mexico City, I said, keep aware. Nothing against Mexico City. There's some places in America I'm more scared of. I said, never get comfortable. Don't be freaked out, but on the subway and stuff, don't just get comfortable that you've been there for a while. Be aware of your surroundings. I would say that to my wife. When she goes out, I say, park. Make sure you walk when you're going somewhere. Is it going to be dark when you walk? And I trust Sonia and everything. I believe she's a strong woman and everything. I said, be aware of your surroundings. When you're walking to the car, if you're in a parking lot at night, just be aware. Don't just go, hey, how you doing on your phone? You're texting. You ever seen someone text and they're not even looking anymore? They're like, they're walking across to get to their car. They don't even wear it. The mugger's like, this is a heyday. This is like a little animal. I'm got to look at your car. Be aware. Just be aware. Don't be freaked out. God is with you, but just be aware. Amen. That's the spiritual prompting of God. Be aware of where you're at yeah. in the Lord. Yeah. And if we look at uh, Hebrews 10, 20, uh, 26, it says here, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we receive the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice of sins is left but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them and who has insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, it is mine to avenge, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God if you're not righteous. God is to be feared, but God loves us. And all we need to do is love him back. And when we're in sin, ask God for the beautiful grace he has to change and want to be doing and want to be right. That's all you need to do. If you need to repent tonight and some of you are in secret sin or you feel like you're being defeated, Get with the brother, get with the sister. Some of you struggle in purity. It just takes you out. You feel like I can't stop. You're already feeling like you feel nothing. Sin deflates your faith like a balloon. I went, yeah. you blow up a balloon and you go, squeeze, it goes. But you can fill it up if you repent and get open. Don't just wander out into the desert to die. Get open. Repentance refreshes. You guys with me? So you see, we understand the truth. And God is saying, hey, don't deliberately sin. You're insulting Jesus. He died for you. Just bring the sin up. And if we walk in the light and devote ourselves to one another, God and one another, and then be committed to the body of Christ, the means of the body, let us not give up meeting, you're going to be all good. Amen? Yes. So Merry Christmas. And I just we just went over about, and we all gave up myself and everybody a Christmas present, a study on unfaithfulness. Don't go there, and to God be the glory. Amen? All right, so Parker, come on up. Uh, guys, I love you. Sunday, we're at the VAC, the Visual Arts Building, right in the same parking lot across from Nicholson. We've been there before. Get it out there. And now Parker's going to come up and listen to him. So anybody who wants to, we just want to know, and he'll give the best directions. But whether you bowl or not, have a great fellowship. Amen? Yes.